personal boundaries are important for several reasons. If you've been through a divorce, you may realize that your ability to set personal boundaries could use some work. Boundaries serve as barriers to protect your self-esteem. They are also tools for establishing limits with others and communicating that you won't tolerate certain behaviors. Those without personal boundaries commonly end up in less than desirable situations and relationships. Without limits, you're a victim to the whims of those around you. So personal boundaries are about respecting yourself and demanding respect from others. I'm Dr. Lisa Summerhour, and I'm here to help you live your life your way because divorce is not a destination. First show in the new year, and I'm going to be talking about personal boundaries tonight personal boundaries. So for those of you who don't know, or those of you who might catch this in the replay, I am Dr. Lisa Summerhour, and I'm the creator of a proprietary program called Divorce is Not a Destination. And this podcast is an offshoot of that. And I work with women in high profile positions who are on the brink of divorce, have been divorced, and some who are actually working to keep from getting divorced. And one of the things that I learned from personal experience is when you're going through that, What I wished I had had and what these women are needing is community, support, and confidentiality. So here with this podcast, I just like to come on here and have some good conversation and invite my guests to share their thoughts on a variety of topics, but they're all designed to cover one of four things. And and I lead women in the program through embracing accountability, creating alignment so that their faith or their... um, their values, the things that are important to them, they're aligned with how they're showing up in the world. We work on communicating with confidence and clarity, all of that, but most importantly, without guilt. And that's something that that actually is going to come into play today as we talk about boundaries. And then the fourth thing is trust. And it's learning to trust yourself in a way that you probably have not been trusting yourself before. So those are the four things that we do in the program. And those are somewhere in my conversations on every one of these podcasts, something in that area of four things is usually hit on. So tonight I'm going to be talking about personal boundaries, personal boundaries. And I'm excited to have people weigh in um, and talk about when in your life you set them and what were the benefits. And if you can, without giving away too much of your stuff, you can feel free to talk about when you have not had good boundaries set, set and healthy a healthy boundary set and what that experience was like for you. Did it cost you? Because personal boundaries are important for a lot of reasons. One of them is they are barriers of protection for your own self-esteem. And you'll find that when you don't have boundaries in place, your self-esteem usually does take a hit. Your confidence can easily take a hit. So these are tools for establishing limits and being able to communicate what you will and won't tolerate. And if you've had the experience of not having good boundaries, and then you had that epiphany when you decided to set a good boundary, you know how much more beneficial and powerful and how empowering it was for you when you made that switch. So these personal boundaries, people that don't have really good personal boundaries often end up in relationships or situations, let me just describe them as being less than ideal. Let's let's just put it that way. If you don't have good personal boundaries, there's a good chance that you're ending up in situations and relationships that are less than ideal. They are not your desirable relationship or situation. So you, if you don't create limits, if you don't give yourself boundaries, you also become a victim 
of the whims of other people. So if you don't set boundaries for yourself, you're just kind of trusting that everybody's going to stay in line, even though you haven't told them what staying in line around you actually means. So your personal boundaries are about respecting yourself. And I'm going to use the word demanding, even though this word sometimes sounds harsh, but it, it really is demanding because in demanding, there's this level of expectation that people are going to behave a certain way around you. And so you do have a right to demand and expect respect. Before I, before I start down this list, there's a, a thing that I do, uh, my business partner and I, in our workshops when we're dealing with folks in corporate, I do work in the diversity and race and racism space as well. And one of the things that often comes up in that space is this whole conversation on being respected. And you'll, you've probably heard people say, and you maybe even have said, well, I, I give respect when I get it. So it's almost like some people are, are waiting to see if they're going to be respected before they behave in a respectful manner. And we have a, a belief that goes something like this. Respect should be something that we give to each other just because we're humans. We should respect one another just because we're here on this planet together. Now, obviously, if you are around someone who is consistently disrespecting you, one, that's a boundary that you need to be dealing with. And two, you need to be asking yourself, why am I spending so much time around this person? April, hey, Gail. So, so we say respect is something, respect is how we should show up. We should show up respectful and giving respect. Trust is different. Trust is the thing that should be earned. People should have to earn your trust to some degree. And, and that comes in different levels. Some things require more trust than others. But if you think in terms of, I'm going to give people respect because that's how I want to show up. And I'm going to have people earn my trust because I need to find out who I have in my circle. So let's talk about what some of these healthy, what the, this list of establishing healthy boundaries and what this might look like. I'm going to start off with valuing yourself, valuing yourself. What's, what does that look like? It's you having the ability to set boundaries that fit you. Now, somebody else really can't step into your world and create boundaries for you. you you've got to take the responsibility to do that. And few people are going to be more mindful of that than you. There could be people close to you in your space that really love you and they may help you support, help support you in those boundaries because they know what they are. So if they see somebody overstep, they may jump in and kind of have your back. But the reality is most people are only going to treat you as good as you treat yourself and as good as you demand or expect to be treated. Um, the responsibility of taking care of yourself when we're talking about personal boundaries is 100% yours. It's 100% yours. And unfortunately, nobody else is going to be as good at that, as mindful of it as you are. Now, I, I have an I have a, uh, example here. My mom will probably remember telling us this. She said, um, people treat you the way you expect to be treated. And some of you, have been, if you've heard that, if that was your mom too, or your grandmother or an aunt or somebody, go ahead and, and put a finger up or clap. But people will treat you the way you teach them to treat you. I think that's actually what it was. People will treat you and people go, no, some of these people. And it's like, yeah. And then she would say, when you change how you're receiving that, they will have no choice but to change. And that one, some people will argue with me on that. It was like, no, some people, and it's like, no, I'm, I'm going to challenge you to try it. If people are not respecting you, if they're not treating you in a way that values how you want to be valued, that values you, if you make some changes, 
they will be forced to change. Now they will either change their behavior or they will change even being around you. I'm telling you, setting boundaries is powerful. I did it about a year or so ago and it ended a relationship that needed to end. I'll just put it out there like that. And if you've been married and divorced and that was what caused it because you finally set a value. Uh, a matter of fact, I had a, my therapist say to me, you have every right to make a value decision on your own behalf. And I'm going to say that to you. You have every right to make a value-based decision for yourself. And so when you set those boundaries, think about that. How are people treating me? And what role have I played in allowing this to happen? And now what do I need to do to put it into it? How do I make that change? Because people will change when you stop accepting certain behavior. Another one is to define yourself. Who are you? Who are you? How are you showing up in the world? How do you want to be seen? Um, how do you deserve to be treated? What does that look like? And have you ever even thought about it? Like how often, how often do you sit and go, how do I want to be perceived? And, and, and how am I being treated? And it, is it in alignment with how I want to be treated? And you may need to look at individuals in your life to see if each one of them is measuring up or just being aware of it may be how you determine. I got a few people in my life that I need to really look at and, and ask myself, why are they there? Um, if you don't define yourself, the rest of the world is going to do it for you. So if you don't figure out uh, how you want to be viewed and dealt with and seen and treated, it's just going to come at you in, in any kind of way based on the people that you're dealing with. And they are going to treat you in a way that suits them rather than a way that is uh, beneficial to you, that values who you are and respects your boundaries. So two things, are you valuing yourself and have you defined for yourself what that even looks like? And have you already identified just in the first few minutes of this podcast that you can look back over your life and think of a few folks where you were like, now, holy mackerel, if I knew then what I know now, they would have never had a, a opportunity. We live and we learn. My grandmother used to say, uh, we, we do better when we know better. So another thing you can look at is, are you making yourself a priority? Are you making yourself a priority? And, and I'm going to do this because this is a, this is a big one. And all of you on here have heard this. People will say black lives matter. And then somebody says, well, don't all lives matter. It's not an either or people. It's a both. And you can make yourself a priority and don't say that and let somebody else come behind you go, oh, well, that sounds really selfish. No, mm -mm, no. Your number one responsibility of humans on this earth is to make sure you're taking care of yourself. So even if you have children, even if you have a spouse, all of that is fine and good. But if you are not taking good care of yourself, you will not be in any kind of condition or position to help anybody else. So the best analogy that if you travel, you know this flight attendant tells you in case of an emergency, who do you put the mask on first? Even if you're traveling with a child, they tell you you need to put the mask on yourself first. Because quite frankly, if you pass out, nobody's going to be there to help the kid or anybody else. So it's okay for you to make yourself a priority. And if you struggle with it, it's another exercise. Ask yourself, why is this hard for me? And maybe it's because you haven't made that a, a common practice. Maybe you have grown accustomed to putting everybody else ahead of yourself 
and you're not your own priority. And maybe you were taught to be guilty about that. You know, a lot of people grow up with this. uh, The conversation is, oh, you know, don't think too highly of yourself. That's not good. You need to be humble. Humble doesn't mean you don't take care of yourself. Humble doesn't mean you're not a priority for yourself. Humble doesn't mean you don't care about you, right? You can still be humble and make yourself a priority. And I, and I highly recommend it because for many of us, it took us too long to figure out that that was actually an okay thing to do. So if you take care of you first, you are going to be in a better position to help other people. And you're going to be showing up as the best version of yourself because you take care of you. And it teaches people how you want to be treated without you even saying anything. When somebody comes into your life and they see that you do, and and these could be like real things, like maybe you take, uh, you know, really nice, long, luxurious baths, or maybe you treat yourself to a massage once or twice a month. Maybe you are a regular getting your pedicures. Even these little things that you may not think of, it tells someone that comes into your life that you care about yourself. Maybe you are really big on having quality time with friends and you do not put that on the back burner. That's a requirement for you. Your gym time, your reading time, whatever it is that makes you feel good and special. Hey, Jennifer, makes you feel good and special about yourself. When other people see that, it's it it's an automatic understanding that they're going to have that you value yourself. And so somebody stepping into that your world and with that understanding, they're going to come at you a little bit differently if they than if they see you not caring about you. So are you making yourself a priority? Are you taking really good care of you? Now, think about areas in your life where you know you really need to set limits. Hey, Wanda, good to see you in here. Think about an area in your life where you know you could set some limits or maybe you have already done it. Maybe you have some areas where you've already set some limits in your life and you've had to stop doing some things because your life was just too crowded. There was too much going on. You couldn't make yourself a priority because there were so many things already ahead of you, already in front of you in the line. I'm going to give you an, an example. So maybe you volunteer on Saturdays and, and some of the things that we have to have to curtail They're not that they're bad things. They're not that there's anything wrong. It's just that we are doing so much for other people that we literally don't have time for ourselves. And then you don't understand why you're exhausted. You don't understand why you're run down. You don't understand why projects and things that are important to you aren't getting done because your boundaries, you have blown your own boundary out of the water. So maybe you volunteer on Saturdays And maybe you need to stop doing that for a little while so that you can take care of some other things. Maybe you need to stop uh, being emotionally abused in a relationship that you're in. And you know it doesn't feel good. You know it's not healthy for you. You've got friends that are telling you, you know, things, things, something's a little off with you since you've been hanging around this person. And it could be someone you're involved with. It could be a friend. You know, it doesn't have to be a relationship. I know people who have been in friendships with people for decades and they finally got into a place where they realized this is one of the most unhealthy relationships in my life. Like, I don't feel good when I talk to this person for more than 10 minutes, or I'm realizing now that I'm older and I'm paying attention and I've started setting boundaries for myself and taking care of me. I realized that when I talk to this person, it might be a joke, but I'm always being put down. 
or I'm always the butt of the joke. And when you really start focusing on making your life a priority and loving you and setting boundaries that people that come into your life need to behave a certain way, if they're going to stay in your life, these things will start looking really, really, they will start popping up like, like popcorn kernels getting hot. You'll just be seeing them all over the place, which is great because it, it clues you in on changes that need to happen. But the beautiful thing is you'll also be able to identify those folks in your life that make you feel amazing. Those people that are within the boundaries that you've set and they're actually helping enhance how you're showing up in the world and you feel like you're getting support and, and love from those folks. So both sides of that are, are there. Thanks there, April. Um, and I think, I think that's my cousin April in there. I think that's my cousin April. It could be my sister. I always love it when I see April because I don't know which one of them it is. So we talked about when you need to set limits. So think about, I'll tell you a time when I knew I, I, knew I needed to set a limit and we were actually encouraged to set limits. When I was going through my doctorate program, the very beginning of the program, like one of our first uh, meetings or sessions, our instructors and advisors and pro pro uh, professors, one of them said to us, there are things that you're doing right now in your life that you are not going to be able to continue to do through the three years of this program. Because of course, you know, people came into the program thinking, oh, my life's not going to change that much. <laughs> um, it was one of those situations where we were encouraged to really look around at what was going on in our lives and see what things we needed to set limits on. Where did we need to create new boundaries so that we had all of the focus and attention that we needed to get through this doctorate program successfully. And so for some people, bowling every weekend wasn't going to happen anymore. <laughs> you know, uh, sometimes it was movie night. And for the people who weren't able to reset those boundaries, they didn't make it through the program. We watched people drop out because of some some things like um, you had a we had a I had a classmate who was married with a couple of children they were teenagers, and she could not get the support to set a boundary that allowed her to not have to cook dinner every single night of the week so that she would have study time and because she could not get that boundary set she couldn't get her work done and she couldn't get her work done she couldn't stay in the program. And so when we don't know when to set boundaries or reset boundaries, redefine what the limits are, we can sometimes keep ourselves from achieving goals that we want to set for ourselves because we, we have to understand it's okay to compromise. It's okay to have to sacrifice rather. It's okay to make sacrifices when they are sacrifices for the purpose of achieving something else because we can't do absolutely everything all the time indefinitely. So either something needs to be cut out or cut down, there needs to be an adjustment and we are the ones that have to be able to make those, those calls. So when you do realize that it's time to set a boundary or reset a boundary, you wanna be really clear and you wanna be firm because some folks are not going to like it. My mother used to always say, used to also say, people don't like change. We like things to stay the way they've been all the time. And here you come trying to set a doggone boundary. The nerve of you trying to set a boundary that's going to make somebody else have to adjust. But you need to be firm and you need to be clear because if you're wishy-washy, you could probably already think of somebody in your life who you set this wishy-washy boundary and they just took advantage of it. Or you can think of the person when you get ready, when you do set this boundary and you start getting really clear 
you can already think of a person who's going to try to violate it. That it's just their nature. You you can name them right now <laughs> because they're not going to want to hear it because it's going to cause them to have to change something and how they've been showing up in your life. And so far, it's been working for them. It's been working really well. And you making this adjustment is saying, I'm making a change. Therefore, you're going to have to make a change. So you, you want to set boundaries that are going to be clear. You want to communicate those to folks and you want to make sure that they're not too strict. So it's like everything else. There's this, there's this yin and yang. There's this, I, I don't necessarily like the word balance because I, I like the word flow better. You need to be able to kind of ebb and flow with those kind of changes. And what does a boundary look like that is too strict? Um, so I'll tell you how you can identify it. If you are alone a lot and you can identify yourself as being overly sufficient, and what does that look like? Overly sufficient, like you, you're the person, no, no, I got it. I'm good. I'm good. You never need any help from anybody ever. You're always good. You always got it. You're, you're the woman that won't let a guy open a door because I know how to open a door. So you have hit a point that you can categorize. I'm not going to categorize it for you. You can categorize it as being overly sufficient and you are alone a lot. That's a good, you can use that as a good barometer to go, maybe my boundaries are a little bit too tight, a little bit too strict, a little bit too restrictive. And I, another example or example of that I came up with is think of somebody who is a vegetarian. Um, and this is also don't be too strict and keep some flexibility somebody who is a vegetarian or a vegan and they, you, they're not going to eat meat. Your vegetarian friends. I have friends who are vegetarians. I have some who are vegan. So one's no meat. One is no dairy meat, nothing that comes from anything alive. Right? So we just went, matter of fact, mom, we were at friends on new year's day for Christmas breakfast and he's a vegan. She, I think is doing a little vegetarian, but they cook some of everything. But what if you were a vegan? or a vegetarian, and you don't even allow meat in your home. So you're having a cookout, you're having people over for dinner who are not vegetarians, they're not vegans, but you won't even allow them to bring hamburgers or sausages to cook in your house because your whole home has to be vegan or vegetarian. That might be looked at as a little bit too strict, and you may need to introduce a little flexibility into your boundaries where it's like, I don't eat this, but I'm okay with people around me being able to have a hamburger. Or you don't even wanna to go to a restaurant that serves meat. So that means all of your friends who aren't vegan or vegetarian, you can't even go out to eat with them unless they agree they're gonna to go to a vegan restaurant. So you wanna be, uh, be clear, but you also wanna be flexible. You also wanna leave room for flexibility when you're setting these boundaries, you can't always have a rule that is a hundred percent. Now, obviously some rules should be a hundred percent, how you get treated physically, that kind of thing. Obviously that's a hundred percent, but you know what I'm talking about. Some of your rules leave a little room for some grace, for some flexibility, for people to make some mistakes because some people may not know right away. So you're going to have to teach them and give them an opportunity to learn and adapt. Um, and you decide who you let have that flexibility. But studies have shown that people who are able to be flexible when they're setting these boundaries, when they have these personal boundaries, these folks have a really good combination of happiness and success in their life because you're not creating something that's so rigid 
that it's not comfortable for other people. And it may not even be comfortable for you all the time, depending on what it is. So I use the vegan and vegetarian one as an example, because my girlfriend who, who they, they are vegan and vegetarian was away last weekend. And she messaged me and said, I'm about to blow my whole vegan uh, diet because I'm about to go to this place and have seafood. And so that's that flexibility. That's that flexibility that she allowed herself where instead of her sitting in an, on, a, on an island down in, down in the Caribbean with this fantastic seafood that she really wanted to eat, instead of feeling like she was punishing herself, she got to enjoy some really good seafood, flex on her vegan diet for a little bit, and she'll come home and be fine. She can go back to vegan on, she probably went back to vegan on Monday or Tuesday. She's good. So I want to open it up now. I'm still, I still have a couple of more things I want to share with you, but I want to open it up now. If you have been listening and you're thinking about, wow, this whole idea of personal boundaries, how has this shown up for me? What has this looked like in my life when it was working? And what did it look like in my life when it wasn't working? And I'm at a, I at a place now where I realize I can, I need to readjust. I need to look at some of my boundaries that are in place now and tweak a few of them. So feel free to hit the uh, little circle in the lower left of your phone. It's got two little lines in it. If you click that, uh, you'll see a thing to invite yourself or ask uh, if you can speak. And uh, if you don't see that, you're going to have to figure out a way to get my attention. So I'm going to, I'm going to keep going here. Here's a really good one. Learn to say no. Learn to say no. Anybody out there have a problem saying no, or they used to have a problem saying no, and they're getting over it or got over it. And you're thinking about the trouble, not being able to say no, got your behind into because you just wanted to please everybody all the time. So learn to say no, because this is all a part of setting boundaries. And I have another example of this. This is joining a church. Um, Boundaries are these limits that you are going to set for yourself and you have to avoid falling into this tendency of trying to make everybody else happy at your own expense. It's fine to be able to cater to people that you love. That's part of what we're here to do is help other people, empowered people, empower people. And you need to make sure that you keep yourself at the top of your list of priorities so that if you realize that you're saying yes so much to so many different people about so many different things is keeping you from living your best life, then you need to really evaluate why is it that I can't say no to people? Or is it only certain people that you can't say no to? Because that's a, that's a, that is definitely a flag and it's not a parade in your honor. It's a flag that you need to pay attention to and figure out what is this about? Now I can remember, um, joining a church years ago and, you know, you join the church and you get the right hand of fellowship and everybody comes through the line and welcomes you to the church. And I remember thinking as people were coming through the line, it's like every other person was trying to already invite me to join some ministry. And I literally found myself as I was saying, thank you, like right behind it, thinking, wow, I got to start saying no to people already. I'm just becoming a member. So I learned to say no while I was shaking hands. And I would say no while I was waving my head up and down like it was saying yes. And it really confuses people because they see you shaking your head. Yes, but you're telling them no. Cause it's like, no, I'm good, but thank you for the invitation. Yeah. Th- oh, thank you for the invitation. I'm going to have to pass on that because they were encroaching on my time. <laughs> they were encroaching on my time and I'm not going to say it was intentional. Like they weren't trying to take over my time. But if I had said yes to every one of those offers that came up 
five nights of my week would have been taken up with some kind of a ministry. So figure out what are the things that you should be doing that are going to make you feel good, even when those things are, are helping somebody else. There is a book, um, I think two years ago, I gave this away as a Christmas gift to a bunch of business partners, and it's, it was, it's called Essentialism. The author is uh, McCowan, I believe is his last name, and he has a, a line in there. He says, if it's not an emphatic yes, it's a no. If it's not an emphatic yes, it's a no. So that has become something that me and some of my friends will say to each other or think. I now catch myself thinking, is this really like, I really, really want to do this? And it doesn't necessarily mean that I will say no, because now I get to measure it against some other things. It may not be an emphatic yes right there, but it's only a one-time thing that's going to benefit somebody else. And it's not going to really take a lot for me to do it. Then that may still be a yes, but just that process of slowing down and asking myself, wait a minute, is this an emphatic yes? And so many times now I can go, nope, I have no desire to do this. Now, I will tell you that my mom, who is as nice as she can be, she is really good at, nope, don't want to do that. <laughs> nope, mom, you want to go to the movies with me? See, nope, don't want to go. Stand in my pajamas all day. <laughs> Stand in my pajamas all day. And you'll be like, mm, I think my feelings was hurt. But the truth is, it's like she really didn't want to go. So it's, you know, and now there are times when I know she might not want to go, but it, she can just put some clothes on and we end up going to the movies together and we're good. And I see she is up here. Let me see who else came up. Yep. You are on, Mom. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Um, let okay. me just turn this down here. Um, yep. The one thing I was thinking about saying no is I remember when uh, one, of the, one of my daughters was getting married and, you know, you have your invitations out, how many people you can accommodate and, um, and, you know, it was, it was family and friends. Now it was a large wedding. I think we had a hundred people or so there. And, um, I get a text or a call or whatever that, you know, a couple that we had invited are going to have cousins or sisters yep. or the priest or somebody. <laughs> and couldn't they bring them? Yeah. Could they bring a friend? I remember one that wanted yeah. to bring their dog. Oh yeah. And, and yeah. And you have to say, no, no. We can't accommodate you, your your friend or your dog or whatever. And I mean, and these are people you're saying no to that you've known for years and years and years. Um, but it goes back again to people treating you the way you're allowed, because I could just have said, you know, yes sure. to everybody who asked. Um, it was the same thing with my retirement party. Mm -hmm. You know, I had certain people that I wanted them to be there and other people that Nah, I could have cared less. And some of those were asking, am I going to be able to come? No, I'm not going to be able to accommodate you. So, um, yeah, sometimes it's a hard no. It's just, no, that's not going to work for me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, you know, try saying no to somebody tomorrow. Like, not, not to be mean, but just test yourself. If it's something that you really, maybe it's a lunch invitation and you really don't feel like going, but tomorrow I want you to be really conscious. It's still, it's still early. I guess it could happen tonight. Tomorrow, I want you to be really conscious uh, and aware when people are inviting or offering or asking you to do something and catch yourself. Is this an emphatic yes? Do I really, really want to do it? And if you don't, do not start off with a bunch of excuses and try to think you're softening it or you got to over explain yourself. 
figure out a very nice and gracious way to go. Thank you for asking, but no. And then don't say anything else because the other thing that happens, we go, no, because you know, and then we give 20 minutes of no is a complete sentence. Like it is a whole sentence all by, it could be a whole paragraph all by itself. Now, if you need a little help, so you, you can say something like, you know, no, that's not going to work for me. And then be quiet and let that just sit there out in the world as a sentence all by itself and see what comes back. Now, you may get some strange looks because if people are not used to you saying no, they're going to be like, oh, oh, are you OK? Are you? Oh, I'm great. I'm great. And thanks for asking. And you still don't have to feel obligated to give them 150 reasons as to why you just said no. Right. It's a real test, but trust me, the world will not stop rotating. It is not going to come to a screeching halt because you ushered out a no. So figure out what it is that you could say no to tomorrow and give yourself a no gift tomorrow. Now that's completely, I think it was Sandra Rhimes who wrote the book. Um, she did a year of saying yes. Wonderful. We're not doing that one right now. This is about learn to set a boundary, say no. Um, communicate openly. So what that means is when, when people cross your boundary, when they get out of line, when they overstep a clear boundary, you are going to need to figure out a way to communicate that there's a problem, Houston. And I want you to be able to do it without feeling guilty. And I'll tell you what you can do. And this is one of the things that I, I have a, a webinar that's about to start. This is one of the ways you can say no or have a, a challenging or difficult or even uncomfortable conversation. Um, when you have to talk to somebody about a boundary that's been overstepped, where you do it without feeling guilty afterwards. Understand what your values are. So this is right back at the top of where I started. What, what are your values? How do you value yourself? And how do you define who you are and how you show up? Because if you are in alignment with your values, with what's important to you, what how you want to be seen in the world. When you explain to somebody that you overstepped my boundary, that they overstepped your boundary, you'll be able to do it with grace and ease and you'll be able to do it without feeling guilty afterwards. So the, the way you can kind of measure when something is out of line, you've said yes to something that you probably should have said no to is you're going to feel it. My mom used to also, my mom had a lot of sayings. She should be 190 years old because they, they come back to me now. Trust your gut. Trust your gut. Now, when you're when you're communicating, you may feel a little awkward. You may feel a little nervous. The butterflies or nerves may get you because you're not accustomed to having this kind of communication. And trust me, the person you're going to have it with, they probably aren't used to it either because you haven't been doing it. They have been just doing whatever they wanted, coming and going, saying whatever they wanted, behaving, whatever they coming late to stuff all the time. And you haven't said anything. And now you're realizing Actually, that's my responsibility of me taking really good care of myself and making me a priority because if I don't love me, who, how is everybody else going to know how to love me? All of that good stuff. So if you are in alignment with your values because you know what they are, you know what's important to you, you're going to be able to have a conversation where you can go, you know, I appreciate you inviting me, um, but that's not going to work for me. So I'm going to pass. That's a no. And if somebody oversteps a boundary, can I talk to you about something? And maybe you weren't aware of this, but I really don't like people, you know, dropping F-bombs in my house. And I don't really like being called a bitch. I just, you know, and again, flexibility, the content, context is everything. 
But figure out what those boundaries are for you and be able to figure out a gracious way to be really clear and communicating when somebody has overstepped it. Now, some people are going to have a problem with it. You can't, you can't, you, you're not going to be able to do anything about that. But the people that really should be in your life at some point, they're going to be able to appreciate and respect that. And it's also going to let them know, okay, now I, I know who I'm dealing with. This is kind of cool. She's, she's got boundaries or he has boundaries. Everybody can't just step into his or her world and do whatever they want, whenever, you know, however they want. And that's a good thing. So um, you want to be able to make sure you can give that kind of feedback for somebody because boundaries are really about you exercising care for yourself. And I don't know that there's anything. It's a great gift to be able to give ourselves. Very often we have an expectation that other people are going to do wonderful things for us. Other people are going to gift us with that massage. Other people are going to take us to nice restaurants. And I say, gift yourself the massage and take yourself to a nice restaurant. So when other people show up in your life, they know which restaurants to take you to and where your favorite masseuse is, right? So anybody else want to share as we're talking about boundaries, you can click the two buttons there in the lower left corner of your phone. And I think we actually have some people on here who were on Androids, which is cool because Android users weren't able to get on here for a while. And now they are. So I'm excited about that. So if you have been lacking with this boundary thing, the personal boundaries was something that you just had not been doing. This is a really good time for you to start. And you can let people know, say, you know what? I am taking 2023 is the year of me working on me. And one of the things that I'm going to start working on first is setting fantastic boundaries for myself. Don't even make it sound like it's a bad thing. Don't make it sound like it's a problem. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing. I'm going to be setting boundaries and you can do it with your children, whether they're young or grown. Matter of fact, if they're young, even better, you can teach them, teach them younger. I'll give you one more story because this one was a boundary set that I didn't even recognize as a boundary set when it happened. So growing up high school, me and my oldest sister, uh, Peggy, went to the laundromat every weekend and it would be like 10 washing machines of clothes. So I felt like we were there all Saturday, uh, but that was our job because we did not have a washer dryer in our house. And so at some point, my parents were telling us, okay, we're buying a washer and dryer. So we are so excited because we're going to get a washer and dryer. We don't have to spend an entire afternoon on the weekend in a laundromat. And instead of getting a washer and dryer, my parents decided to take like their first real vacation. Like their first, I think I was 15, 16 years old, first real vacation. And the vacation took our washer and dryer. Well, hunty personal assault on my entire teenage being that these people had a nerve, these people who paid the bills, paid the mortgage, owned the house, bought the groceries, worked jobs. Those people had the nerve to want to go on a vacation instead of getting us a washer and dryer. <laughs> it was a very short conversation. I remember having with my mother where she explained that she wasn't explaining why they decided to go on a vacation and that meant no washer dryer. But that was a, that was a boundary. That was, that was them making them, their relationship, their marriage, a priority. That was them demonstrating to us, even as kids, that when you get in a relationship, even if you have kids, your relationship needs to survive and be intact. Otherwise there will be no family for you to have a washer and dryer to use. Right. And so even that was a boundary. And so I, I can look back over things now and see where people had set these boundaries 
that demonstrated how they valued themselves, how they defined themselves, how they wanted to be seen in the world. And that was one of those things. So I'm going to give a second here and see if anybody else has a, a comment they want to share or anything that they've gotten out of this where you've had an aha moment, something that you're going to try. Have you thought of something that you already know you're going to say no to tomorrow because you've been saying yes to it and you really hate doing it? What is it? <laughs> what is it? I got claps popping up here already. So I want to thank, wow, we got Wanda, April, my mom is here, Nadine, Jennifer, we got a good group of folks in here. Gail is here. And just, I want to thank everybody for being here tonight. I do want to wish you a happy new year. If you want to get my PDF that I'm going to be going over in about two weeks, and it's the end of year review, the end of year review for 2022, send me an email at lisasummerhour at gmail.com. My first name, last name at gmail.com. And I will send you a free copy of this PDF. And the PDF is going to allow you to look over all of last year and just kind of take a, a really good look at it, figure out what worked, what didn't work for you, and get you set up for a really good 2023. Now, it's an end of year review, but the truth is this document can be used for the end of anything. If you switch jobs, you can do this to kind of summarize the experience at that last job. If you are ending a relationship or ended a relationship, even if it was six months ago, you can use this document and just use it as it relates to that relationship. It's a really good document to kind of wrap up the end of anything and then move into the next phase of your life. So my name, lisasummerhour at gmail.com and just let me know in the subject that I'm, you're requesting the end of year review document and I'm going to send it to you because in about two weeks, I think maybe three weeks, I'm going to actually talk about that on the air and if you've done yours, you can walk through with me. And if you haven't done it, you can do it afterwards. You can, it'll work whenever you use it. But I wanted to be able to take time and go on the show and actually walk people through the end of year review. So it's been great being here tonight. I, I actually love this subject on boundaries because it's a, a never ending one. We're always trying to set them or reset them or redefine what they look like. And it's good when you can watch other people who are setting boundaries for themselves as well. So be mindful of that. Don't you be the one that's overstepping a boundary. But when you do, if they explain to you that you have, make sure you show them the grace and respect that you would want to have as well, because we want to encourage other people to set really good, healthy boundaries for them. So Dr. Lisa here, have a wonderful evening and have a fabulous weekend wherever you are. Good night, everybody. Thank you for listening to my series, Divorce is Not a Destination. You can connect with me on Facebook and Instagram at Divorce is Not a Destination. And if you enjoyed this episode, recommend Divorce is Not a Destination to your family and friends. Be sure to join my live audience and see upcoming shows by registering for access here at Fireside. That's firesidechat.com backslash Lisa Summer Hour, L-I-S-A. S-U-M-M-E-R-O-U-R. -M -M -E Catch replays here on Fireside or your favorite streaming channel. Until next time, remember, your life, your journey, and divorce is not a destination. Live on Fireside.